Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. The story is about a lady who really wanted to hear from God. She wanted to really uh, hear the voice of God, and so she was praying, you know, God, speak to me. How many people you've ever done that? You say, you want God to speak to you. You want God to talk to you and, and guide you, and so this lady was doing that. Well, one day she's driving home from work, and she felt this voice or heard this voice speak to her, and, and the voice said, go to 7-Eleven, and go stand on your head next to the soda machine. Now, that seemed like a strange thing to say. You know, you could understand if the voice said, go to 7-Eleven, get a Pepsi and a bag of Doritos. You know, you could understand that, right? We've all had some of those voices. But this is what the voice said. You know, go to 7-Eleven and stand on your head next to the uh, soda machine. And, and she's like, well, this is kind of really weird. And, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is God or not. You know, just kind of a re- weird request. You know, but as she's getting closer to the 7-Eleven, you know, she hears the voice again. Uh, go to 7-Eleven and uh, stand on your head by the soda machine. And so she's thinking, you know, that couldn't be God. I mean, why would God speak to me, tell me to do something crazy? You know, I understand, you know, in the Old Testament, God would talk to uh, people to do something very unusual. You know, I understand all that, but, you know, there's surely God would not tell me to do something crazy like that. So what she does uh, is she just drives right by the 7-Eleven, and she keeps going home. Now this voice is really uh, urgent. And it's very strong, and it says, go back to the 7-Eleven and stand on your head by the soda machine. So she ends up saying, okay. So she turns her car around, and she goes back to the 7-Eleven, and she pulls into the parking lot. She's really glad because there's no other cars there. She's thinking, if I'm going to do some crazy thing, I'm glad no one's going to see me. And so she gets out of her car, and she walks into the 7-Eleven, and uh, she notices that there's a, a man, a young man that's behind the counter. And she's like, oh, golly. She's, she was hoping no one was even in the store. She could do what, that, uh, what God told her to do and just get out of there. But she just is obedient, and she walks over to the soda machine, uh, gets on her head, does like a headstand, whatever you want to call it, and then she uh, gets done, and she's walking out the door very quickly. But the young man stops her and says, why did you just do that? And she's kind of taken back. She was just hoping to slide out of there without having any uh, confrontation. And, and she was expecting if she did that, that, you know, the heavens would open and God would do something miraculous. But nothing happened. And as she's walking out the door, this young man stops her and says, you know, why did you just do that? And so she's going to just tell him, you know, hey, I'm sorry, uh, you know, I don't mean to, you know, bother you, and I'm just going to leave, and, and she's, you know, trying to get out of there really quick, and he says, no, he goes, I need to know why you just did that, and the man pulls out a gun. Now she's, like, nervous, 
And she says, well, uh, this is what happened. I was driving down the road, and, and I've been praying. I'm a Christian, and I've been praying that God would speak to me, and God spoke to me to drive to the 7-Eleven and stand on my head by the soda machine, and that's why I did it. And the man said, a few minutes ago, I had this gun, and I stuck it in my mouth, and I was going to kill myself because I have nothing to live for, and just in a whim, I pray, God, if you're real, have someone come in and stand on their head by the soda machine. Now, this is a far-fetched story, and you might say, well, that might be just a story. Someone said that, but I believe that it's true because things like that have happened to me personally. They have happened to me personally. And in the Bible, you will see that God will sometimes speak to people and tell them to do some very unusual things. Seriously, I mean, you know, I remember when I first became a Christian, I had never even read the Bible. Matter of fact, I never even touched the Bible until I was 21 years old. I never even touched the Bible. And so when I started reading the Bible, I'm reading these stories. I'm like, is this real? Like Noah and the Ark. I had no idea that was a real story. I thought it was a fairy tale. And so if you look through some of the stories in the Bible, you realize that God sometimes asks people to do some very strange things at very strange times, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And I want to read a story about the Apostle Paul. It's found in the book of Acts, chapter 16, 9 through 15, and it's having uh, Paul do something uh, you know, God speaks to him and tells him to do something, and we'll find out about it. It says, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Trochus, we ran straight to uh, Samaras, and on the day following to Nelepos. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we were staying in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had assembled. And a woman named Lydia from the, the, the city of uh, Thyatria, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken to Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So here's this situation where Paul gets a vision from God, and God speaks to him and says, I want you to go to Macedonia, and, and I want you to go there, and I want you to, to help those people. And, and through that vision, God is speaking to Paul to try to get him to do something to reach certain people. And Paul listens to God, and immediately he goes to Macedonia, concluding that God called him there, and they go to Philippi, uh, which is a leading city of Macedonia, and they share the good news, and there's this lady there named Lydia, and the Bible tells us that God opened her heart, she gave her life to the Lord, and her household was baptized, amen. 
And through that situation, a church was planted in Philippi. And then in two other cities, uh, the city of, of, of Corinth and also Thessalonica. And these are three churches that we know about because there's uh, books in the Bible written in reference to those three churches. That's where we get First and Second Corinthians from. This is where we get the book of Philippians from. And this is where we get uh, First and Second Thessalonians. So here it is. Paul writes five books of the New Testament because of this one vision, because this one time God speaks to him to do something, churches are planted, three churches are planted, and five books of the New Testament are written because God spoke to a man and that man listened to God. So something powerful happened because he listened to what God was telling him. Now, here's the thing. The problem is, is we try to explain away when God is trying to speak to us. You know, here's this lady. You know, go stand on your head by the soda machine. I mean, that is a crazy request. It's just insane. But she listens to God, and she does it, and a man's life is spared. The apostle Paul listens to the voice of God. A lady is touched. Her name is Lydia. And then eventually three churches are planted and we get a good chunk of the New Testament because of that. And so all of us, we have to understand that God is trying to speak to every one of us. Amen? Every person. Not just Pastor Tom or Pastor Mike, but each and every one. God is trying to speak to you. And the reason why he's doing that is because he's trying to use you to reach certain people at certain times by doing certain things. And we have to understand that. We have to, to gravitate toward that and realize it's not just the Apostle Paul or it's not just Pastor Tom or some special person. It's all of us. God is trying to speak to all of us and he's trying to do the supernatural through us by speaking to us and as we obey, unbelievable things happen. Now, there are some dynamics to this, and I want to look at them this morning because this is important that we understand some of the dynamics, okay? Now, one of the first things we need to understand is that most of the time when God speaks to us to do something, it's not convenient. It's not convenient. You know, and see, as Americans, we are worried about convenience, aren't we? You know? A little while ago, I was going to Burger King, and I just wanted to do the drive-thru. I mean, aren't drive-thrus amazing? I mean, you don't even have to get out of your car, you know? And, uh, you know, but then there's this long, massive line at Burger King, you know? And so I'm all mad, and, and I just parked the car, and I had to go in. You know, because I like convenience. We all like convenience, you know. That's why, you know, people use Amazon, you know? I mean, it's just you, you press a couple buttons, and stuff shows up at your door, you know, we don't have to go shopping, we don't have to get out of the car, we don't have to do anything. And we like things that are convenient. But most of the time when God is speaking to us, it's not convenient. It doesn't fit into our neat little schedules. You know, I remember that one of the times that God spoke to me to do something, it was very inconvenient. 
You know, years ago, I had my own business in California. It was a vending company. Uh, I did, like, uh, uh, soda machines and, and uh, snack and coffee and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I started this business, and it started out very small. I started it out of my bedroom, okay? It was a very small business. But what happened is I had this one account at this hotel in downtown Long Beach. And, I mean, it's a seedy hotel in this really bad area, but I have a soda machine there, and uh, th- those folks drank a lot of soda, man, and uh, so uh, this machine is in that, in that hotel, and it's just a kind of a crazy place. I mean, people were milling around, and, but they uh, sold a lot of soda, so one day I was there, and I filled the soda machine up, and, and I left that account, and, and uh, I finished the rest of my day, and I'm sleeping, and I get a phone call at 2 in the morning because I'm running the business out of my bedroom. And my phone rings at 2 in the morning, and I answer it, and it's the manager of the hotel. And he says, hey, I just wanted to tell and let you know that the soda machine is open. The door of the soda machine is open, and if you don't get down here soon... All the soda will be gone, and all the money will be gone. Remember, I said it's a seedy part of town. It's a a crazy hotel. He says, you need to get down here now. It's 2 in the morning. But you know what? I better go down. There's a lot of money involved in this. And so I get in my car. I've got to drive a half hour to get to this place to lock the soda machine. I must have inadvertently left it unlocked. And as I'm getting into my car, God speaks to me and says, that's not the reason why you're going there. You're going there for another reason. I'm going, okay, God, what's the reason? And God doesn't tell me what the reason is. I'm like, oh, that's great. So, you know, now it's getting like 2.30 in the morning. I'm driving, and I get to the hotel, and, I mean, I thought it was crazy during the day. I mean, this place is buzzing. I mean, kind of lots of, you know, strange agents there. I mean, it was, you know, it's a strange hotel. And I go there, and sure enough, I had left the soda machine unlocked. I can't believe I did that, but I did. So I lock it all up, and I'm like, okay, God, what, you know, why am I here? You know, I'm thinking I'm going to talk to one of the crazy people milling around in the lobby. I don't know what's going on, and, but God's not speaking to me anymore. So I get in my car, and I'm, and I'm driving home. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? You know, what, what, what's the reason? And as I'm driving down the road right outside where the hotel was, there's a guy, his car is broken down, his hood is up, and he's standing by the car, and there's steam coming out of it, and God says, stop and help that man. Okay. So I pull my car over, and I rolled the window down. I said, hey, man, uh, do you need some help? He says, yeah, I really do. He goes, is there, can you take me to my house? You know, he's like, you know, he's a young guy. He's probably, you know, mid-20s. And I go, sure, man, hop in. And so he gets in the car, and this guy is so thankful. He says, man, thank you so much for picking me up. He goes, he goes I mean, I'm in, this is a bad part of town. I would never imagine anyone picking me up and stopping and assisting me. Uh, and, and I had to get to my house because I know how to fix the car, but I, I have to get there. I said, no problem. And so I told this guy the story about how God spoke to me that, you know, he, the real reason, there was another reason for it, and I started to witness to him, tell him about Christ, and he gave his life to Jesus. Amen. So amen. And so here it is, is that, you know, God will speak to us to do certain things, 
but it was not convenient. I mean, it's, 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 you know, by this time, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. Actually, I, I don't think I got home till 4 in the morning. You know, who wants to do that? But let's face it, we should do it for some soul, shouldn't we? And see, God is constantly trying to speak to us. He's trying to get us to do things, uh, to reach certain people at certain times, uh, and it will not be convenient. It was not convenient for Paul to go to Macedonia. It was not convenient for me to be up at, you know, 3, 4 in the morning to share the gospel with someone. But God will speak to us to do things that are not convenient. You guys still with me this morning? The second dynamic is this. In order for God to speak to us, we need to be in a place where we can actually hear him. So many Christians... You know, they want God to speak to them, but they're not in a place to hear from God. You know, they don't read their Bible that much. They don't have a prayer life. They're hit and miss at church. And they wonder, why is God not speaking to me? Why is God not talking to me? Lord, you're not talking to me. And this reason is because we're not in a place that we can actually hear him. You know, I remember when God called me into the ministry, it was um, at a men's discipleship on a Saturday morning, early on a Saturday morning. That's when I really knew that God called me into ministry. But it's a Saturday morning. I mean, you don't go to church on Saturday morning, you know, unless you're a seven-day Adventist or something. You know, you don't go to church then. But I was in a place, and God spoke to me and called me into the ministry on a Saturday morning. Now, think about it. I could have been in a hundred different places on a Saturday morning. I could be with Pastor Pillow and Brother Blanket, amen, at home. Right? I could have been sleeping. I, I could have been mowing the grass. I could have been uh, out on the lake. I could have been uh, at the ball field. I could have been doing many different things, but I was in a place, and God spoke to me, and I might not be here this morning preaching the gospel if I was somewhere else. And so we're asking God to speak to us, but we don't even ever pick up his word. You know, there were so many times when I need God to speak to me, and I'm just reading the Bible, and it's just like, boom. I mean, it's just like it just pops out of the pages. Anybody that ever happened to you? And you're like, that's the answer. It's right there, black and white. It's there. But you know what? It never happened if you don't pick the book up. It's not going to happen. You're not going to hear from God because you're not putting yourself in a place. You know, coming to church, you know, I was reading an article that the average Christian now, check this out, the average Christian goes to church one and a half times a month. Think about that. That's the average, on average, that's what people come to church I mean, how do we expect God to speak to us if we're never in the house of God? Now, I know maybe that's not, you know, the majority of people sitting in here, but think about the times that you miss. You might miss the exact thing that you need. 
the exact message you need to hear from God. You know, I don't know how many times a pa- as a pastor, probably Pastor uh, Tom, he- he's had this happen where you have this word from God and you preach this uh, message and you know it's going to help sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so and they're not here. Has that ever happened to you, Pastor? I mean, it's like, I can't believe it. It's not like you made the sermon for them, but you know it could have helped them and they're not here. And then they wonder, you know, why isn't God speaking to me? Because we are not in a place to hear him. The third dynamic is this, is that when God speaks to us, there will be opposition. There will be opposition. You know, 17 years ago, my family arrived in Florida. Actually, it was November 1st, 2004. We had been missionaries for 10 years we were in the Fiji Islands and also a little tiny island called Guam. It's only eight miles wide. And what happened was we were there on the mission field, and then God spoke to us to come back and to plant a church in the United States. God wanted us to come back to the United States and plant a church, but there was one little problem. He didn't tell us where. Now, how many people know the United States is big? I mean, it's massive. And so I'm like, okay, God, where do you want us to go? And, you know, we had came from California, so I thought, well, maybe we go there. But God didn't say California. He just said, told us, buy a car and start driving. What? Are you serious, Lord? Buy a car and start driving? Okay. So we bought this car, and me and my family just started driving. And I'm like, okay, we're driving, and we drive to a city. Lord, is this the place? No. We kept driving. And we made it like a family vacation, too, at the same time. And we just kept driving and driving and driving and driving. And we drove 10,000 miles. We drove all the way from California to Arizona, then all the way up the California coast, up through Washington and Oregon, all across, the, uh, you know, like Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. And I'm like, Lord, not Idaho. Now, hopefully nobody's from Idaho here. But I did not want to go to Idaho. And we got through Idaho, and thank God God didn't say here. And we kept driving all the way through through Minnesota, Wisconsin, drove down to Kentucky. My wife was from Kentucky. She's from Owensburg, Kentucky. My wife, we thought maybe it's here. We went to Owensburg. No. Drove all the way up to Pennsylvania. I'm from Philadelphia. I'm thinking maybe God wants me to go there. No, no. Driving all the way down the coast. You know, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, no, 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 no. Uh, We get to Florida. Lord, we're running out of states, Lord, unless you want me to go to Hawaii or Alaska. We drive all the way down to pretty much the tip of Florida. And we get to this place called Lehigh Acres. Amen. Kind of like Green Acres. And we get to Lehigh and... God says, this is the place I want you to start the church. He said, here. 10,000 miles. And we started the church in 2005 in Lehigh Acres, Florida. 
But there was a little problem. You know, when we got there, and it, my family really didn't want to start another church. Okay? We had started two other churches before. We, I had been in ministry for many years. My kids didn't want to do it. They were older teenagers. My wife says, why don't we just take a break and not pastor and just go to church? And, and all. But God spoke to us already. Start a church. And I, so I had a little bit of opposition in my own family. You know, it's like my son's like, Dad, another church? Come on. You know, we don't want to do this. You know, because my kids were little laborers for the church plant, you know. <laughs> they don't want to do it. But you know what? We started that church 16 years ago. And today, you know, on a normal Sunday, we have over 400 people. Uh, if you count everybody that comes to our church, it's well over 600. We've been all over the world. We're pl- we just planted a church in Colombia. We're planting another church in, in a couple more months. I mean, God has moved. We have literally touched thousands and thousands of people, amen, because we listen to God. Even though there was opposition in my own family not to do it. And when we got to Lehigh Acres, I remember we're getting ready to start the church. And and all of a sudden, I'm getting phone calls from all these Christians. And they're telling me, you know what, don't start the church. You know, Lehigh is is, is a pastor killer. What? What's a pastor killer? This city kills pastors. I'm like, what do they have, you know, assassins to kill pastors? No. They were just saying, it, it, you're going to die here. You know, Lehi doesn't need another church, and, and you know, don't do this. And, and then today, our church is the second biggest church in the city. And, and little did I know, when we got there, there was 30,000 people in Lehigh Acres, and today there's 150,000. It's the third fastest growing in the, in the city in the United States. I didn't know that, but God knew it. God knew exactly what was going on. And he was speaking to me to do this, and I listened to him. And so many times we have a little bit of opposition, and we back away from what God speaks to us. You know, God speaks to us, you know what, give your tithe. And you got family members. You shouldn't give money to the church. What are you doing? You know, the pastor's probably driving a BMW. What are you doing giving money to the church? Right? Come on. That happens, doesn't it? Or maybe God calls you to be a missionary. (coughs) And your own family will say, what do you want to do that for? What a waste of your life. Really? Being a missionary is a waste of your life? And people will be in opposition to what God speaks to us. I remember when I first got become a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm witnessing to my mom. And some of the things she didn't even know about my life. She didn't know I was a drug addict. She didn't know I was a drug dealer. She didn't know some of that stuff. And I'm witnessing to her. And she tells me this. This is my mom. She goes, I liked you better when you were a drug addict. Wow. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks. And she was in opposition to what God was doing in my life. But you know what? I didn't let that stop me. And you will have opposition from what God speaks to you. And you need to be ready. Amen. You need to be willing to work through that. Because you will never do anything for God if you let opposition stop you. 
You know, you might be at work and people, you know, will just, you know, torment you because you're a Christian. You know, they might give you a hard time. But we have to work through the opposition. Now, the last dynamic I want to look at this morning is that is this. God helps us when he speaks to us by giving us spiritual leadership to help us clarify what God is speaking to us. Okay? You know, listen to this verse. You've probably read this, Hebrews 13, 17. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with grief, for this will be unprofitable to you. You know, when God speaks to you, it's good to have spiritual leadership that can help you to clarify it. You know? You know, a lot of times we don't realize how important spiritual leadership is. It's there to protect us. It's there to make sure we don't do something crazy, amen, that's not godly, amen, or that's something off the wall. And a lot of times it will keep us in, in a place that God will speak to us. God gives us spiritual leadership to give us clarification. And I'll never forget, we, we plant churches at our church. I know you guys are doing that. Uh, you know, God gave Pastor Tom a vision, you know, about you guys are hub of the wheel and there's spokes and other churches out of that. And, and we do that. We plant churches from our church. And I remember we uh, had a church plant in Miami. And the couple there is just tearing it up, man. I mean, the church plant is going great. They, in a short time, they had about 80 people, and I mean, it's just happening. It's, it's going well, and they're already there for maybe a little over a year, year and a half, and they had this opportunity to get this other building, and they're like, oh, pastor, this is God, and you know, the, the, the people are going to give it to us for free, and I'm like, eh, I don't know that, I don't know about that, and so I went down there. And I met the lady that was giving them a free building. And it's just like, you know, eh, eh. You, know you ever meet somebody and you're like, no, no, no. That, that's what I was getting, man. There's something wrong with this lady. And I told them, I said, hey, don't do that. It, it's, that's a bad move. Oh, but pastor, it's free. It's a free building. And, you know, oh, it's, this is God. I'm like, no, it's not God, man. I said, don't do it. And what happened is they totally ignored my counsel, and they did the building thing. And that lady single-handedly destroyed their church. And within about four months, that church that was running like 80 people went down to about 15 because of that one lady. They finally had to, she kicked them out of the free building, and they had nowhere to have church, and they were scrambling around and then eventually they lost even more people, and that church is gone. It's not even there anymore. Why? Because they didn't listen to spiritual leadership. They didn't listen. And that's why you have spiritual leadership to help you clarify, you know, what God is speaking to you. That doesn't mean they run your life. That doesn't mean that they're telling you everything. But they're going to, you know, God speaks to, to, through them to help you, to give you kind of clarification and here it is, God is desirous to speak to all his people, not just 
the pastor or the special leaders or, or you know, Old Testament prophets. God wants to speak to all of us, and we have to listen. And the things we need to do is, one, we need to be in a place that we can hear from God. Understand that sometimes it's not going to be convenient or comfortable. There is going to be opposition. And last but not least, amen, God will put spiritual leadership to help you to clarify things. I'd like you to bow your heads this morning. This was just a short, simple message, but I believe that God can help us through this message. And I want to ask this morning, you're here and you want God to speak to you. You really do. I mean, you want God to talk to you and speak to you and show you things. Amen? If that's you, just lift your hand. You want that. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, many, many people. Amen. Praise God. What I want you to do is I want you to stand up and we're going to pray. And let me tell you something. I want you to pray and ask God to speak to you. But when you're doing that, God's going to do it. How many people know God answers prayer? You know, we sing songs sometimes, you know, Lord, the Lord's my healer and all that. And, and it shouldn't be just words we sing. It's true. Well, when we ask God to speak to us, he will speak to us, and we need to be ready to listen. Amen? So I'm going to pray with you, and I want you to lift your hands, and we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to speak to you, amen, these weeks, these months coming up, and I want you to be open to God as he speaks to you. God, I pray for all your people this morning. God, every woman, every man in this auditorium this morning, I pray you speak to them. God, you speak to them supernaturally, God. God, through your word, through prayer, through visions, God, through other people, through the leadership in this church. And I pray, God, that you would speak to people and they would listen, God, regardless of the opposition, regardless of if it's convenient or not. God, regardless if it's comfortable or not. God, that they would hear your voice and they would respond, God, and that you would help them to reach certain people, God, through you speaking through their life, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.